landlord and tenant. And then we'll got a, a message from Esther. And then we'll have a Q&A session where Lucilda will answer your questions. So if you do have any questions, can I please ask you that you put them on the chat? And um, we're going to be looking out for all your questions and we'll deal with them during the Q&A. Also, if you have any prayer requests concerning your landlord and tenant issue, please put them on the chat. Again, we're going to have a session at the end where we're going to be praying for, your, for you. Well, um, so please put all your prayer requests on the chat. We're going to be looking out for them and we will pray for you at the end. And um, again, please be reminded that um, this is a webinar. We're not giving you legal advice. We're just giving you guidance. And if you need more information, please send us an email and we will guide you as necessary. And then um, before we carry on, can I just please ask that you press the uh, raising of your hand just as a way of just saying hello to the others on the group. Hi, everybody. Let's see your waving of your hands. Hello, everyone. Hello. <laughs> okay, excellent. All right. So we're going to send you a feedback questionnaire at the end of the webinar. Can you please complete the feedback questionnaire, send it back to us and let us know how we've done. We always want to improve and we would really appreciate your feedback. And um, if you need information on uh, anything that's been shared today, again, send us an email and we'll send you um, more information. We'll send you notes, we'll send you resources, we'll send you links to where you can get some more information. Now, before we begin with the opening prayer, I'm going to introduce my fellow panel members. We are all um, solicitors and uh, barristers, lawyers who specialize in different areas of law. I'm going to start with Daniel. Hello, Daniel. Hello, hi, my name is Daniel. Um, I specialize in family law, immigration, and family mediation. Thank you. Thank you. And we've got Dr. Solomon Sagan. Yes, good, uh, good morning. Uh, I am a lawyer in financial services. Thank you, Solomon. We've also got Esther. Hi, um, I'm a barrister specializing in contractual law and also human rights, especially in relation to disability law and welfare. Excellent, thank you. And we've got Belinda. Hi, my name is Belinda Lucas. I am a commercial lawyer specializing in general commercial and corporate transactions. Thank you. And of course, our main speaker today, Lucilda. Oh, hello there. I'm Lucilda Stewart. I'm an intermediary um, for the direct public access to barristers scheme. And um, I act for litigants in person with respect to litigation matters. We cover quite a, a varied area of law. All right. Thank you, Lysilda. Um, Welcome to those of you who have just joined us. Uh, the agenda, again, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to hear from Lysilda, and we're going to have a Q&A session at the end and also a prayer session at the end. So if you have any questions for uh, Lysilda, please put it on the chat. We're looking out for those questions. If you also have a prayer request, please put it on the chat. We're going to have a session at the end where we'll pray for you. Um, okay, so I'm just going to hand over now to Daniel to please lead us in an opening prayer. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity of coming together as lawyers and as Christians. Father, we pray that all we're going to do today, we'll be able to meet the needs of everyone here, that you will help us solve our issues and give us the directions as to how you want us to go. 
We pray for the panelists, Lord, that they will speak the right word and have the right answers to every question raised here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Daniel. Now, um, for those of you that are new to KT, we've got Dr. Solomon who's going to explain more about Kensington Temple. And he will also share briefly about um, our giant. Thank you, Dr. Solomon. Thank you. Um, and good morning to you again. Um, we are part of a, um, a church in Notting Hill Gate called Kensington Temple. Um, and we have a network of churches throughout London, as well as um, hundreds of um, small fellowship groups uh, throughout London as well. Um, we are open to um, everyone who wants to support our community of churches. And I hope that uh, most people will find us a home where they can feel welcome. Um, this um, meeting today is one of several that we run throughout the year. And uh, we use what we call the Forum of Giants, which we think are necessary to, um, to influence society and to contribute to uh, the values that we think should influence us as a country. Our church community uh, believes in supporting and being active uh, and, uh, and vocal for what we're believing uh, as a church. We believe in, in, in using that voice, that platform to, um, to, to confront mindsets uh, and, uh, and attitudes and, and beliefs that people have. Um, we, we want to be able to tackle what we call and describe as strongholds that work in our society through uh, our traditional institutions and, and, and structures. Uh, so so the, these strongholds, they, they influence the way we think, they influence the way we do business, and the way that we conduct ourselves as, as a society generally. They, they, they control, they affect the exercise of governmental powers. And so we want to get in there to, to have a voice uh, to shape, shape the dialogue. Um, so, so we have this giant and, and they, they operate across, across a breadth of, uh, of, of fora in, in our society. For example, uh, media, education, uh, thought and philosophy, science, technology, um, marriage and family, politics, education, business, finance, the arts and television, um, medicine, and, and especially for today, law. So there are all of these giants that we, we try to, to step into to help to influence the, the narrative of our society today. And we hope that um, most people will feel able to get involved in one area or another uh, to, to help to bring about change in, in the way that we run ourselves as a country. So that's, that's what the giant is about. That's what the church is about. And you'll hear um, before the end of this, um, before the end of this webinar, you'll hear uh, some information about how you can get in touch with us if you want to find out some more information. Our church is led by Pastor Colling and his wife, Amanda, and they support a, a, a group of leaders who help to make all of this stuff happen uh, seamlessly um, sometimes. Uh, so I hope that you enjoy this um, and have a wonderful time. Thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. Solomon. All right, for those of you who have just well, um, joined us, thank you and welcome. Um, please note that this session is being recorded 
And um, we are going to be hearing from Lucilda. She's going to be um, talking to us about landlord and tenant. And we're going to have a question and answer session at the end. So if you do have any questions, please put them on the chat. We'll be looking out for your questions and deal with them during the Q&A. Also, if you have any prayer requests, please put them on the chat and we will deal with them at the end. Thank you. So our main speaker of today, Lucilda Stewart. Thank oh, you. Thank you, Lola. Right, we're going to um, have a jog through today. Um, uh, thank you all very much for, uh, for joining us. And uh, the purpose of the webinar is to help or to assist landlords and tenants to understand the implications of the coronavirus. And there is a Coronavirus Act 2020, um, which sets out um, the uh, provisions for both landlords and tenant and what um, uh, the impact and how that has affected this area of law and um, what each party's uh, um, obligations are. Um, we are on a, unable to deal with all aspects of the legislation fully today. However, my aim is to just bring about the salient points that, um, that we believe um, that would concern you as the landlord and the tenant. Um, we are not giving advice, so I must put that as a disclaimer. And, um, and if you are seeking legal advice, um, we'd be more than happy to um, point you in the right direction. Now, my first topic is, as a tenant, um, should you stop paying rent during the outbreak? I'm afraid not. Tenants should continue to pay rent and abide by all of the other terms of their tenancy agreement to the best of their ability. The government has a strong package of financial support available to tenants and where they can pay the rent as normal, they should do so. If as a tenant you are unable to do so, you should speak to your landlord at your earliest opportunity because it's a working together, I'm afraid, um, because this pandemic is quite unusual and um, for both parties, both the landlord and the tenant, none of us have been in this situation before. So I'm afraid there has to be a meeting of the minds. In many cases, or if not most cases, the, um, the outbreak will not affect a tenant's ability to pay, many people uh, probably furloughed, you're only getting 80% of, um, of your salary. And uh, we do know for particularly Londoners that um, uh, for the majority of people, their largest uh, um, uh, thing that they have to pay each month is um, either the mortgage or the rent. And um, it's good that you set aside as much as you can to pay as much of the rent as possible because if you if you get into rent arrears i'm afraid the the um all the other matters that affect um rent arrears do come into play um if however your ability to pay will be affected it's again i said important to have an early conversation with your landlord and um, because your rent legally remains due to
to be paid, and it is your responsibility to do so. Okay. For the next topic, what can you do about rent arrears? As I've said, you should continue to pay your rent and abide by all of the terms of your tenancy agreement. However, as a national effort, the government under this, this pandemic is trying to offer as much support as possible. And, um, and landlords must also offer support and understanding to tenants who may start to see their income fluctuate. So if you are a landlord, I'm afraid you must try and support tenants time of, um, of pandemic. Um, it, it, it is unprecedented, it is unusual, and so again, it is a concerted effort. An early conversation between the landlord and the tenant can help both of you to agree a plan, especially if the tenant is struggling to pay the rent. This can include reaching a temporary agreement, the landlord not to seek possession, for a period of time and to instead accept a lower level of rent because tenants again if you are two months in arrears generally speaking the landlord could institute proceedings but not during the the COVID-19 but that's something I'll come on to in a moment um, and if you have a good plan in place uh, tenant Together with your landlord, you could then pay the arrears at a later date without having to suffer uh, possession proceedings. Where a, a landlord does decide to serve notice, seeking possession for rent arrears, or has done so already, the notice period and any further action will be affected by this COVID uh, um, or the Coronavirus Act of 2020 and the lengthy notice period and or the suspension of the possession claims. So the act does affect whether a landlord can possess or even a lender can repossess. If a landlord and tenant agrees a plan to pay off arrears at a later date, it is important that both parties stick to that plan and that tenants talk to their landlord immediately if they're unable to do so. If a tenant is worried, about being unable to pay their rent, or if landlords become aware of tenants who may be in difficulty, advice is available from specialist providers. You can contact, for example, Shelter, CAB, that's Citizen Advice Bureau, the Money Advice Service. They are all on hand to help through this difficult crisis. Local authorities as well can provide support for tenants to, to stay in their homes, we do know that um, because a lot of um, employees are furloughed, that even in the local authorities, you might not be able to get through as easily as you would in normal uh, circumstances. However, um, you should always try to, um, to speak to someone and not um, wait until it's become so, um, so bad that um, that you, you are unable to cope with it all. If, for example, you are, you are experiencing financial hardship, 
there is funding which you may be able to access and the government has already provided 500 million to fund households experiencing financial hardship and, uh, and the government is determined to, to, to take action to support people in need. So again, go to your local authority and um, you can also seek support from them so that you can stay in your home. Um, basically, you can um, access um, on the government uh, website for employers and employees, and that's at www.gov.uk forward slash government forward slash publication guidance to employers and businesses about COVID-19. If, um, if you're unable to take that down, please do send us a, um, a text or an email and we'll be able to send that through to you also. If you're worried about being evicted or not having anywhere else to go, you should then also speak to your local authority. You are unlikely to be rehoused unless you have an order for possession. I'm afraid the law still remains the same in that particular area. And particularly those of you who are vulnerable, in other words, you fall in the vulnerable category, i.e. if you have young children, then of course you do need the, um, the possession order, but because you're in that category, the local authority um, is under an obligation to rehouse. If you fall into financial difficulties due to a change in your employment or earnings, for example, you may qualify for universal credit and you should again seek um, or speak to someone in your local authority or even go online to find uh, information about that. Even if you have a license agreement, it is a valid tenancy arrangement. So um, those of you who are licensees, if you think, if you're worried, um, yes, your license is also valid. So basically the um, legislation applies to you as well. Um, and you can also receive housing costs in universal credit. And again, you can find out more about um, universal credit at www.gov.uk, how to claim universal credit. The Coronavirus Act 2020 means that landlords who do issue notices seeking possessions will not be able to progress any further before expiry of the notice. And all notices for both the private and social rented sector tenancies are for three months. I'm afraid we are getting closer to that, but um, uh, and bear with me, we'll come to that in a moment. Right. What uh, the court action on housing possession cases during the coronavirus uh, um, outbreak. Um, I know that we haven't got that um, as, a, as a topic, but I just wanted to touch on that um, briefly so that um, both landlord and tenant are aware of it. And the, um, the master of the roles, for example, where he's, he's one of the head lawyers, um, with the agreement of the law chancellor has issued a practice direction to stop possession claims from progressing. 
Um, as I said, the suspension will apply for 90 days from the 27th of March 2020, so we are getting close. In other words, in about 30 days, it comes to an end. And that law applies to all housing possession proceedings in the rented, leasehold and own ownership sectors. Okay. What does this mean for landlords and tenants in the private or social rented uh, sectors? If you have already been issued with notice of your landlord's intention to seek possession of, your, of the property, or if you are issued notice in the next 90 days, your landlord will not be able to take action through the courts to make you move. This suspension will initially apply, as I said, for 90 days from the 27th of March. So of course, we are getting closer and closer to the expiration of those 90 days. And as I said, in 30 days time, it will end. Um, for landlords, this will mean not expecting tenants to move even where you've already issued a notice of your intention to regain possession of the property, or if you go on to issue a notice for any reason during the next three months. So we're talking about from the 27th of March. So obviously we're now in May, so there's only until the end of June. So, other possession cases, I'll just touch briefly on that. All housing possession orders covered are covered by the Civil Procedure Rules Part 55. So um, clearly those rules still apply. And um, the suspension of the housing possession cases will apply to mortgages, against homeowners and to possession cases brought by landlords against leaseholders. In other words, forfeiture. So your lease cannot be forfeited during this period of time. If you are unsure what kind of tenancy you have and whether you will be protected by the suspension on notice period, you should take independent legal advice as soon as possible. Shelters, housing advice line and the CAB may be able to help. We are aware that um, sometimes it's very difficult to get through to either of them because they are all working remotely with reduced staff levels, but do persevere. Um, it is important that, um, that you know your rights and know um, that you, you won't be turfed out of your home. Okay, how does the Coronavirus Act interact with the court suspending housing possession claims. A tenant issued with a three month notice immediately after the Coronavirus Act 2020 comes, would see that notice expire in three months. So in other words, from the 27th of March, that notice will expire on or about the 26th of June. So um, as I understand it from the courts, from the 29th of June, they are having hearings, albeit um, remotely, so it will be very similar to what we're doing today. Um, and of course, the, both lawyers and members of the judiciary see that as a problem, because generally speaking, when there is a, a claim for possession, litigants, and majority of them are litigants in person, 
will then normally have access to a duty solicitor. Now, because all of the, the whole hearing has been done remotely, it's highly unlikely that as a litigant, you will have access to a duty solicitor. So it is best to go prepared. If, for example, you have a counterclaim or a defense, you will need to have to put that in, in writing so the court has that in its possession when the judge hears the matter. So again, you will need the assistance of someone to draw that up for you. CAB can help you. And, and I understand that shelter would be also in a position to help you. Right, at the expiration of the notice, a landlord who wanted to take the next steps in progressing the possession claim would have to apply to the courts for a possession hearing, as I've said, and the process ordinarily takes six to eight weeks. Um, during this uh, um, pandemic, it's highly likely that it will be more than that. And um, so be prepared. Um, there are two types of possession uh, um, proceedings with most landlords and even tenants are not aware of. There's the accelerated possession proceedings, which generally speaking is heard within three months. But again, because we are in unprecedented times, that will take more time. And then there is the normal proceedings, which I have known in some cases, because the tenant had put in a, a defense and, and was quite clever in inverted commas, um, it took a year. Um, so you are you have to be prepared that there, there there will be a lengthy it will be a lengthy process and as with any kind of litigation it can be stressful. The legislation covering notice periods is in force until the 30th of September 2020 and is subject to review and may be extended by a secondary legislation. I am aware that there 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 are. Uh, um, various um, petitions that have gone out to Boris Johnson asking for an extension um, because of the, the, the pandemic and because uh, um, clearly it is a, a, a totally unusual circumstance that we find ourselves. Um, and how successful that will be, I am not sure because um, clearly it, it is uh, um, still in very much in the infant stage. The suspension of housing possession cases is by a practice directions under the civil procedure rules. And as I said, it's under part 55 of the rules for 90 days from the 27th of March. As I've already stated, the eviction ban ends in 30 days. Hmm. This means that the courts will be hearing possession and repossession cases as from the 29th of June. I'm unsure as to whether it depends on when the landlord had put in a, um, his application for possession, many of whom have, may have put it in prior to the commencement of the, um, of the COVID and therefore it could well be that um, the hearing is then on the 29th. Um, anything thereafter, obviously, um, it's going to take a, a little longer to be heard. Um, but again, uh, as a litigant or as a tenant, 
you should um, ensure that you respond to any summons for possession, because if you do not, um, it, it will be automatic. And, um, and you, you don't want to um, find yourself in that uh, um, position without having taken some steps to, um, to prevent yourself from being evicted. As a, again, if you are um, in the vulnerable category, you will require a possession order to be able to go to a local authority to be rehoused. Um, for, if you're a single person, it's obviously a lot more difficult because obviously with social housing, etc., it's um, it's very very difficult um, for single people to to get social housing. Also, um, if you do get a, <clears throat> a possession hearing made against you and the landlord is successful, that will also affect your your getting. Um, another house or another property because obviously these things they do go on your um on a show on your your credit file again i would advise and recommend that you go and see a cab or shelter advisor or at least phone them up if clearly they they're probably still will be working remotely even though most places we hope are going to be open by the, um, the 15th of June. Now, that's all that I wanted to say uh, generally on, um, on uh, the effect of COVID-19 on the landlord and tenant um, part of our legal system. However, I did note that a number of you have um, sent in um, questions on repairs, but um, we'll deal with that um, at the Q&A. Many thanks. All right. Thank you very much, Lucilda. Uh, we are going to have a Q&A session shortly. But before that, um, we're going to hear from um, Esther. She has got a brief message for us. Uh, we've been receiving your questions. Thank you. Uh, please just be reminded that um, we're not giving legal advice today. We're just going to be um, giving some guidance and then we'll point you in the right direction. So, um, okay, so thank you, Esther. Uh, again, for those of you who have just joined us, this webinar is being recorded. If you have any questions, please put them on the chat. And if you have any prayer requests, we're going to have a session at the end where we're going to be praying for you. So please put your prayer request on the chat. Thank you. Um, Esther. Thank you, Lola. So, you know, we've heard some guidance about landlord and tenant law and, you know, what we can be doing during this time. And some of you might be thinking, does God really care about what I'm going through? I want to let you know that God really cares about what you're going through. God really cares and he wants to stand with you during this time. And you, some of you might be thinking, well, is there even a God? Well, let me tell you a story. Imagine there's a wealthy landlord and this landlord owns vast lands and beautiful houses and mansions. And he invited you and some tenants to stay on his property to have any land that you could possibly want for free. You don't have to pay anything. 
all you have to do is take care of the land, take care of each other, and stay in communication with him. And so you're on this land and enjoying your land, but then the other tenants start acting like irresponsible tenants. They start acting like squatters. They damage the property, they damage the land, they physically hurt you, and they physically hurt the landlord. How would you feel? I'm sure that most of you would want some kind of justice. You would want these irresponsible tenants to be to be sentenced to in, in court and to be to have to face some kind of penalty. Well, what if I told you that God is the faithful and wealthy tenant, a uh, landlord, beg your pardon. God is the landlord and we are the tenants. God gave us this earth as our home to take care of it and also to take care of each other. And when he made the earth, it was beautiful. It was perfect. There was no pollution. The oceans were clean. The animals were clean. Everything was amazing. But unfortunately, we have come and we have ruined this planet. And not only that, we've hurt each other. We've hurt ourselves and we've hurt God. And you might be thinking, well, how have I hurt God? And how have I hurt another person? Well, you know, every time that we think a bad thought towards anybody or towards ourselves, anytime we've done something wrong, even if you've told a little lie, that amounts to a sin, that amounts to a crime. And so we are all guilty. There isn't anyone in this world, in this planet, who is perfect. Every single one of us, we've fallen short of the high standard that God has for us. So going back to the story, imagine that these irresponsible tenants who have damaged the property and damaged the land, they're in court and the evidence has been presented and they've been found guilty. And as a sentence, they have to pay a hefty fine and they have to go to jail. And imagine at the point when the judge has pronounced the sentence, they're about to be taken to jail. The landlord's son comes and the landlord's son says, you know what? I don't want these tenants to go to jail. If they go to jail, they will never be able to come out. And as for the fine, I'm willing to pay for the fine because I can afford to pay for the fine. I haven't done anything wrong. I will pay for the fine. And more than that, I will give them an even better property. I will give them an even better land, better than what they had before. I'm sure most of us will be thinking, wow, that is such an incredible landlord's son. Well, what if I told you that that landlord's son is Jesus Christ himself? Jesus Christ came so that he could pay the penalty for my crime, for your crime, for all our crimes against each other and against God and against ourselves. Jesus knew that there is no way that we could pay the penalty for ourselves. And so he came and he died on a cross and he shed his innocent blood as a penalty for our sin. 
and by shedding his blood, he wiped away the record of every single crime that I'll ever commit, that you'd ever commit, that our forefathers have ever committed. Everybody's crime is wiped by the blood of Jesus. All they have to do is just accept what Jesus did for them on the cross. So whenever you think of the sign of a cross, you know, you've got the vertical and you've got the horizontal sign of a cross. Every time you think about that sign of a cross, remember this, that the vertical symbolizes your relationship with God, with you at the bottom and God at the top. And Jesus came to restore that right relationship that you can have with God. And the horizontal represents that relationship that we have with each other, you and me, how we have hurt each other and how we've damaged each other. Jesus came to restore right relationship with each other. And you might be thinking, well, hold on a minute. I mean, how does Jesus even know what I'm going through? Do you know when Jesus was here on this earth, he was a builder. He was a builder. He built homes. He was an architect and he was a carpenter. He made all the furnishings for the home. So for you landlords out there, you know, if you're thinking, I don't know how Jesus can possibly relate to what I'm going through. Jesus totally understands everything you're going through as a landlord. And for those of you who are tenants and you're thinking, how does Jesus understand how I feel? I'm facing so many problems. I can't pay my rent. And what, what do I do? You know, Jesus knew what it was like to feel homeless. He even said to himself that foxes have homes. People have a place to lay their head, whereas he doesn't have anywhere to sleep. You see, whether you're a landlord, a tenant, a property investor, Jesus knows exactly how you feel. And better than that, he wants to come and he wants to do life's journey with you. He wants to stand with you. He wants to carry you when you're feeling down. He wants to pray with you, pray for you. He wants to hold you up. He wants to keep you. He wants to bless you. And he wants you to have the most incredible relationship with the Father God. And more than that, when we die, when we are evicted from this world, he wants us to come and stay in his heaven, his property, his land. And he said that I've gone to heaven to prepare a place for you. Everybody will have their own home. You will never have to be evicted again. So I want to invite you into relationship with God. And some of you may be thinking, well, I know God. I mean, I was baptized as a Christian when I was a baby. Or you might be thinking, well, I've just always grown up in the faith. You know, the truth is that unless you make that confession for yourself, unless you accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, then really you don't have the kind of relationship with God that you need to have with God. So I just want to invite you, if this is you, say a prayer with me. And for those of you who feel that you've fallen so far away from God, I want you to know that God loves you. And that's the reason why he sent his son to die, because he loves you so much and he wants to have a relationship with you. So if you would like to, join me in this prayer. Say, Father God, I come before you in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. 
And I thank you, God, that your son died for my sin, that he paid the penalty that I could never pay. And he shed his blood on the cross. And instead of me having to go to hell, that jail, that horrible jail, Jesus, you went to hell. You spent three days in hell in that jail for me, for my punishment, for my sentence. You took that upon yourself. And so, Jesus, I accept the salvation that you offer on the cross. I want to know you. I want you to come into my life. And I want you to do life's journey with me. Come into my life. I make you my Lord and my Savior. And I look forward, Jesus, when I'm evicted from this world, I will spend eternity with you in your heaven, in your place. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you pray that prayer, then Jesus Christ has given you a fresh new start. It's like you've had a new spiritual birth. It's what we call being born all over again. So I just want to invite you, if that's you, maybe you're thinking about coming to Christ. Think about this. And if you want to talk to us more, you can. Come to us. You can email us. We want to support you as much as possible. So if you could email us at lawyers at kt.org. The KT is the letter K and the letter T dot O-R-G. Or you can send a text to this number. This is the Kensington Temple number. 07-570-261-697. I'll put that information on the chat as well. Please do come and speak to us. We want to support you. We want to be there for you. We want to encourage you in your life's journey. Even if you decide that you want to make this decision later and you want to think about God later, we're here for you. And so finally, I'm just going to leave you with this blessing. And in this horrible time that we're all facing, we're nearly through it. But I want you to know that God is with you. So may God bless you. May God keep you. May he shine his face on you and be gracious to you. May he turn his face to be constantly fixed on you and give you his peace. May Jesus write his name on your forehead that the Father will bless you with all of himself. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank amen. you. Thank you very much, Esther. Okay, so we're going to move on now to our Q&A session. Again, if you've joined us during that, um, uh, while Esther was speaking, can you please put any questions that you have for Lucilda on the um, group chat? And we're looking at the questions and we're going to be um, responding to those questions now. And also, if you have any prayer requests concerning your landlord and tenant situation, um, can you please put those on the group, on the chat, and we will have a session where we will pray for you after the Q&A. Okay, so um, Belinda, thank you. Hello, thank you very much, Lola. Thank you, Lucilda and Esther for the prayers and also for the information. So we did have a few questions come in. 
prior to the commencement of the session. As Lucilda mentioned earlier, these were predominantly in relation to uh, disrepair um, of um, properties. And Lucilda will deal with those generally um, when she comes to answer the questions. Just a quick reminder that we are only providing guidance. If you need legal advice, we can suggest uh, and provide resources for you to, uh, for other places where you can get uh, legal advice. Uh, so I just stress again that we are only providing suggestions and guidance uh, during this session. Um, and so in relation to the uh, questions on disrepair, Lucilda will deal with those. We've also had some questions this morning on uh, providing resources for uh, support available to businesses and employers. That's generally available on the hmrc.gov.uk um, website. I have posted a link in the chat. So if you wanted to have a look at that, uh, there's a link there in relation to the job retention scheme as it applies to employers and uh, employees. But on the hmrc.gov.uk website, you can get general guidance on that as well. Uh, so that deals with that. There was a question uh, we received, which related to uh, an estate, a landlord's um, property that had been that was managed by an estate agent. And so I will just read out, Jen. I will summarise the question. Uh, the information says. We have a buy-to-let uh, property managed by an estate agent and apparently for about six months or more, the estate agents didn't inform us that the original tenants had left the property in, and stopped paying rent. Instead, they acquired new tenants of their own and they, have, and they lived in the property for uh, a duration, a period of time. Uh, the landlord found out during, uh, at the beginning of lockdown that those tenants had abruptly left the property and uh, left the property in a state of disrepair. They had trashed the property, furniture was damaged, and uh, the landlord only found out after the tenants left the property. They contacted the estate agent and asked, uh, and were advised, sorry, that uh, it would cost £8,000 to renovate the property. The landlord decided to carry out the repairs by themselves. And their question is, can they recover the amount, the amount of money that they have um, had to spend in bringing the property back to a habitable state? Can they recover those funds from the estate agent since the estate agent had responsibility for managing the property? Well, thank you, Belinda. Um, although that, that particular question is not related to COVID-19, and it is um, a general question, um, I'm, I'm only going to touch on it uh, uh, briefly, um, because our webinar today is predominantly those who have been affected by COVID-19, whether you're a tenant or a landlord. Um, Fundamentally, if you have placed your property in the hands of managing agents, then um, within the terms of uh, the contract with those managing agents, they are under an obligation uh, to manage the property, to undertake inspections, etc. And if um, they have um, allowed the, um, the tenants to 
misuse, trash the property um, in any way, then I'm afraid they can be held liable. Um, of course, because of COVID-19, the managing agents may raise a defense and say, well, we were um, in lockdown, we weren't able to go and make an inspection. Um, that in itself won't be an excuse because they're, I'm sure they probably have operatives who could have gone and, um, and inspect the property once they became aware that it had been trashed. Secondly, if they had have put um, tenants into the properties that are, are unsavoury characters um, and you weren't, as a, as a landlord, notified of those, uh, of those new tenants, then again, that is a breach of the terms of the um, agent's uh, um, contract with yourself. They are, by law, under an obligation to advise you um, what tenants are going in, they're supposed to do checks on them, they are supposed to report those, those checks to you so that basically you are fully informed who they are, because obviously you don't want strangers in your, in, in, in your property. Um, what you could do about it? Well, I'm not here to advise you, but um, I would make a suggestion that you could issue um, a claim in small claims court um, it would have to be very well drafted because um, uh, clearly uh, um, to just put in a claim said, well, I want um, my £2,000 that I spent on, um, on repairs. That's not going to do it for, for the court. You, you've, you've got to have specifics and it's going to be by way of um, a, a witness statement. Um, you will have to exhibit the contract that you've had with the agents and um, and in small claims um, your claim will be limited to up to 10,000 and um, of course the only uh, um, apart from the, the claim itself is that you're not going to be able to recover any legal costs so if you employ a, a solicitor or a barrister to, um, to uh, uh, present your claim then you won't be able to recover their costs, although you can recover the cost of the application. That's the court fee for putting in the application. If your claim goes above 10,000, then that's a fast track, then you will recover some of your legal costs, I think up to 75%. So you just have to be aware that, um, that you, you have solid ground there for, for, for making a claim. And as I say, it's best to, um, to seek advice from a solicitor at cab or shelter before embarking on, um, on a, a claim, uh, um, filing a claim in, in small claims court. Okay. Thank you, Lucilda, for that. Uh, so we'll go to the next question. And uh, the question is, if you set up a temporary arrangement for rent, does it need, I, I imagine that's during the uh, COVID uh, pandemic, does it need to be formally arranged such as through an AST? What happens to the original tenancy agreement? So if, if the, does that mean that the tenancy agreement has changed or, or is it a new tenancy agreement? So I imagine that a uh, the landlord in this case has 
probably made an arrangement with the tenant to pay to vary the terms of their rent payments during this period during this pandemic yes. so their question is if you set up such if you make such an arrangement does it need to be formally arranged such as through an AST and what happens to the original tenancy agreement i can actually advice because I've had to do this for my company. Uh, I can give you some guidance mm. that what you can do is prepare a side letter referencing your yeah. tenancy, your existing tenancy agreement. So you make, you, you prepare a side letter. It doesn't have to be formal, but ensure that you reference the ASD mentioning the rent that should have been paid mentioning the rent that is being paid or the duration for which you're allowing them a rent, whether it's a rent-free period or a reduction in rent or um, whatever arrangement you've come to with them, stating clearly what the payment dates are, stating, i.e., the new payment dates, if that's the case, or what uh, rent waiver period you're allowing them, if that's the case, or if you're actually uh, giving them a discount, just to state clearly in that side letter, reference the original tenancy agreement, and then outline what your expectations are in terms of the repayment of the outstanding uh, rent um, in, in this side letter. And then you sign it as the landlord and ensure that the tenant also signs the letter. And if there's ever any dispute in the future, because your tenancy, your existing ASC is is uh, referenced in that letter and has been signed by both parties, then you don't have an issue. This is what I've had to do uh, for, the, for, for my employers in relation to commercial premises. And I know that the same applies for residential premises as well. Um, Lucilda, would you like to add to that? Oh, I, I concur with you, um, um, Belinda. And um, that's exactly what um, both parties need to do. And uh, they would then be protected because then both parties know the terms, both of the uh, the original ASD and also that side letter. Okay, thank you for that, Lucilda. And so we have another question, um, and the question relates to a landlord who's quite gener generously uh, coming to agreements with their tenants in relation to uh, repayment of rent arrears spanning over a period of five years. Uh, the problem that the landlord has is that as soon as the tenant, they expect quite rightfully that as soon as the tenant is in sufficient uh, funds, um, sorry, the, the tenant should pay the rent when obviously they're able to. Um, however, as soon as they're in sufficient arrears, they will get an eviction notice and although it makes the landlord feel terrible, uh, if he doesn't do this, then obviously the issue will need to go to court and they'll incur additional costs. What he would like to know is what is the best way of, um, uh, I, I guess, recouping the funds. It says if things, often a legal letter is far cheaper and far easier than pursuing through the courts. If things are resolved, then as a Christian, I consider the slate wiped clean and it is as though uh, the tenant was never late. What's the best way of doing this whilst causing minimal distress to the tenants? Right, so if, if again, both parties um, draft up a side letter, of course you can have the side letter drawn up for you by a solicitor 
I'm sure uh, um, there are solicitors in CAB or at Shelter who can assist with that. And then both parties will be bound by it. Um, of course, um, in all cases, tenants should attempt to make some payment towards the rent. And even in that side letter, there will be provision for that. So it's not that the um, arrears will escalate um, out of hand and there'll be no payments made at all during the, the period of that side letter. Then it will have to have provision for payment of the rent, even if it's not the full amount. Okay, thank you very much. Lucilda, I hope that answers the question to the person who asked that question. Uh, as we said, please, if you have any questions, can you post them in the chat and we will try to read them and uh, give you guidance before the end of the uh, session. Uh, one more question. It says, do I have to pay the utility bills um, if I didn't know that the property was empty, I, I, I believe, uh, from what I can read, is what the landlord is trying to say. The property was empty for a few months, and do they have to pay the utility, utility bills for the duration of time when the property was void? Well, if the property was empty um, for a period of time, then the standard uh, um, utility rates apply. So um, for that period, so if, if, for example, if the property was empty for three months, then you would only pay, or the landlord would only pay the, um, the utility bill and the standard rates of the utility bill for that period of three months. Once the tenant then moves in, then the utilities should be transferred to the, t uh, the tenant. The tenant then can choose if they wish to go to a different provider but the landlord's obligation ceases once the tenant moves in. If I could also add to that, if you have a, if you have a forwarding address for the tenant, so I'm, I'm imagining in this case that there was, uh, perhaps there was arrears to the date of the tenant's departure. Um, if you have the tenant's forwarding address, then you can give it to the utility provider. Mm. That is only if the bill was in the tenant's, name to begin with if it is well, if it was in the landlord's name it is your responsibility at all times to inform utility companies and also to obviously as lucilda said to bring your account to um, um to make sure that your account is fully reconciled but if you have if it's in the tenant's name and you have the forwarding address you can always contact the utility companies as well as the council in, in the case of council tax um, you can um, you can provide the tenant's details for void periods, as Lucille said. It is always the tenant. Sorry, it's always the landlord's responsibility. Okay, so we have we've had a couple of questions that are not related to landlord and tenant law. Uh, we we have noted your questions, and we've noted in the case where you provided us with and with your phone number. We will endeavor. Can I please ask that you send your um, questions? If it's not relating to landlord and tenant, can I please ask you to send it to the email address lawyers at katie.org? And we will uh, either provide you with additional resources or provide you with contact details of where you can go to 
in order to get uh, further legal advice. Um, we have a question here. It says, hey, lawyers of Katie, I have a question. How, as tenants, I am protected from eviction? Due at the moment, I don't receive any type of support available. Even my payment for universal credit is delayed. So I think the question is, as a tenant, how am I protected from eviction due to the well, fact that there is a delay in their universal credit payment? Well, if, if as a tenant you've applied for universal credit, the landlord cannot evict you in any event unless he, has, he or she has um, made an application for possession at court. And, um, and in... Once you do receive those summons, because as I said, during the COVID-19, landlords are precluded from gaining possession for the three month period from the 27th of March until the 26th of June. Um, and so during that time, they can't get possession of their property. Of course, any um, application for possessions that would issue um, say on or before the 27th of March, they will be heard uh, first. And um, as I understand it, those uh, possession hearings are commencing from the 25th of June. Uh, at 29th of June, they're, they're actually put before the court on the 25th, but the hearings will start from the, the 29th. Therefore, you once you receive the summons, you must respond to it and i would again suggest that you go to the cab or shelter to assist you to draft your witness statement which will is going to act as a defense and exhibit to that witness statement your application for universal credit what i believe will happen is, uh, with universal credit as they used to do years ago when the how, with housing benefits, it'll be backdated. So the landlord will then be paid um, from the commencement of the time when the universal credit was due or the rent payments were due. I trust I assist you. Okay, thank you, Lucilda. We have another question. It says here that I have been renting a place for uh, on a contract for about 12 months as this is where my work is located. Um, however, with the new pandemic, I have not been staying at the property since March, I guess since lockdown commenced. My workplace do not think that I will be returning to work. So I am trying to move out of the property. I'm not sure how that's connected so that I do not have to pay for four months of an empty property. How can I use the COVID-19 pandemic to end the contract? How do I go about formulating a letter to the landlord or, or lettings agent to end this tenancy agreement? Well, as with any kind of a tenancy agreement, um, whether you're a landlord or a tenant, you have to give two months notice um, prior to the, um, the contractual um, time when, or term when the tenancy ends. So if the tenancy was supposed to end in June, then on the 19th of June, then the 18th of um, April, um, you, or the 19th of April, you would uh, you would give your your notice, 
and your tenancy would then determine on the 17th of June uh, because it's one day prior to the, the commencement date. So if you've had six months uh, um, ASD, in the fourth month, you can give notice to determine the tenancy at the end of the six months. And if it's 12 months, then at the end, then you give notice in the 10th month to determine the tenancy in the 12th month. So um, you will need to give written notice to the, um, the landlord. If it's outside of the, um, of the, 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 the term, in other words, outside of the, the ASD term, then it will probably have to agree with the landlord um, and if you can assist, say, for example, you have still have up two months left to run. In other words, you're in your eighth month um, of, a, um, of a, a 12th month and you have four months left or you have two months left before you can give notice. Then I would suggest that um, you um, assist in finding a new tenant for, uh, for the, the property by giving it to an agent, and um, so that the landlord is then not out of pocket. Okay. I guess that helps. Thank you, Lucilda. Um, I believe those are all the questions that we've received so far um, and have been addressed, apart from the general disrepair question that I think you were going to address. Um, um, I note that someone has sent us a note to say that they sent us a, a, a request via email. That has been seen and we will respond with the appropriate um, contact details uh, following the session. Uh, so um, if there are no other questions, then Lucilda, I'll just leave you to deal with the general disrepair uh, question, if you have anything else to add to that. Okay, thanks, um, Belinda. Um, <clears throat> The, um, the COVID uh, um, or Coronavirus Act 2020 um, does uh, deal with um, disrepairs and for uh, where tenants are, are living with disrepairs, the land landlord's repairing obligations have not changed and every tenant has a right to a decent, warm and safe place to live. And it is in the best interest of both tenants and landlords to ensure that properties are kept in good repair and free from hazards. Good management requires regular review and maintenance of a property. But of course, we all understand uh, that planned inspections may be more difficult uh, during the pandemic. However, that does not preclude the landlord from allowing dangerous, to allowing dangerous conditions to persist. So for example, um, if there's a problem with the fabric of the building, um, the roof is leaking, the landlord must ensure that he gets a roofer up there to repair. If your boiler's broken, leaving you without heating or hot water, that is uh, um, paramount, that that must be repaired. If, for example, if there's a plumbing issue, you don't have washing or WC facilities, that must be repaired. If your white goods, for example, your fridge washing machine have broken, the landlord is under an obligation to have that repaired. And, um, and also if there is a security, a critical security problem, such as a broken window or external door, the landlord must ensure that that is report, repaired. 
and where there is a disabled person who um, relies on an installation or a repair, of course, the landlord must ensure that that is done. Um, you should inform your landlord early and engage constructively in the event that you encounter any issues um, with the condition of your prof property and uh, the effect of the current restriction should be considered. Of course, there is social distancing when you get an operative coming into your home to do the repairs, um, but we, the, the uh, legislation encourages both landlord and tenant to take pragmatic, common sense approach, um, and particularly where it's a non-urgent issue. Um, the the, the COVID-19 uh, um, legislation applies equally to the um, non-urgent issues as well as the urgent issues. So I trust that that explains um, briefly both parties' obligations during the pandemic. Thank you, Lucilda. Um, we have a, another question that's just come in. I think you've dealt with this, but I don't know if you have anything else to add. It says, I have sent uh, information, an email to Universal Credit um, to make an urgent decision about my property, uh, but I have not heard from them. How does the COVID-19 deal with Universal Credit in relation to emergency loans uh, related to eviction? Well, the best place uh, to find out about um, Universal Credit is, is um, the uh, website that I, I mentioned um, earlier on. Um, basically, there is a, um, a link for um, Universal Credit where all of these questions um, uh, can be answered. And of course, you can uh, um, contact your local authority um, to, uh, to find out more about that if obviously um, you're, you're having problems uh, um, with uh, technology. However, it, because of the pandemic, most things are now being dealt with um, remotely. So you are going to find it, it's best to go online and, and a lot of the local authorities have set up web chat. So there are um, uh, um, people who are um, working and undertaking uh, um, a Q and A as well by web chat, which is much faster than you're hanging on for an hour to speak to a, um, a customer advisor in, um, in the local authority. Um, I'm, I'm more than happy to put that again on, um, on our, our website with respect to the, um, the universal credit um, a link so that you, you can uh, um, get that and, um, and follow that through by utilizing the link. I trust that helps. Thank you. Okay, those are, that's the end to the landlord and tenant questions that we have. Thank you very much, Lucilda. Oh, sorry, one's just come through. <laughs> Can you end a tenancy agreement contract if you're not living at the property due to COVID-19? I think you've addressed this issue before, but um, do you want to answer that again? 
Yes, of course. Um, I, I did address it earlier on <laughs> to say that, yes, you, you can end your, your, your tenancy uh, agreement. You must look at um, the terms. Um, if you're saying you're ending it outside of the, the usual terms, after six months, if it's a six month term ASP, you end it in the, the fourth month so that it determines in the, in the six months. And if it's a 12 month ASP, you, um, you write your um, notice to end it in the 10th month. So it determines in the 12th month. Obviously, if it's outside of those, uh, um, the, 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 the usual terms, is that you will need to um, inform the, the landlord and you can assist the landlord by getting an, a new tenant by um, giving uh, the property to agents, for example, to, um, to get a new tenant in. Because clearly, if you end the tenancy because of COVID and the, the, um, the landlord is going to be out of pocket, um, you, you need to, uh, um, and, uh, as with any kind of contractual matters, you need to mitigate um, the, the losses that the landlord may suffer. Um, so again, um, most agents are doing virtual uh, um, viewings now. They come and they make a video and they send it to, um, to uh, uh, people who are inquiring, uh, prospective tenants, and, um, and, and that way uh, people are, are choosing to buy or to rent properties in, in, in that sort of way. And if, or, or if you, you live alone in the property, of course, you, social distancing should not be a problem if a um, prospective a tenant comes to, to view. I trust that that answers your question. Okay, uh, one more question. <laughs> ending, ending tenancy agreement as a university student renting privately, not residing there, though property still there since May 20... Uh, uh, I'm not sure I, I understand this question. It just says, ending tenancy agreement as a university student renting privately, not residing there, I imagine, at this present time, though the property is still there since March 2020 to date. There is no... <laughs> I guess they want to know whether they can end a tenancy um, which they occupied as a student mm. uh, and they were, they were renting privately. Uh, okay, they've just responded. Their belongings are still at the property. I, I think in that case, they are still in occupation and obviously they would need to um, inform their landlords. Yes. And again, the, um, the provisions of the, the, the tenancy agreement applies. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you very much, um, Lucilda. And thank you very much, Belinda. Okay, so we are going to move on now to the next part of our program agenda, which is um, prayers. We've um, asked you to please put your prayer requests on the chat, and we're going to pray for you now. But before we do that, I just want to mention again um, that this webinar is being recorded. Um, if you uh, were not here when I mentioned that earlier, and um, if you have any prayer requests, please put them on the chat and we will pray for you. And also, um, 
Yes, I'll, I'll mention the other things after the prayers. Okay, Daniel. Uh, thank you, everyone. Thank you for coming to the webinar this morning. Um, from the emails we've got, I've got just three prayer points from three different people. And um, I'll just read them briefly. And if you, if you do have other prayer points, just write them on the chat and we'll pray for them as well. The first of God is um, someone saying we should stand with her or him in giving thanks to God for his perfect peace, love and protection over our situation. Uh, whatever the situation is, he's saying we should stand with her in thanking God for perfect peace. So Father, we just pray for this participant. We just thank you for your perfect peace upon her life and protection over our situation. We are believing that you will see her through those situations, that whatever they are, you are there to protect and to make sure your peace protects our hearts and keeps our hearts perfect, even as she waits for answers to our situations in Jesus' name. And we've got another prayer point here, is pray for protection, favor, and justice to be done, that every money paid, should, every money should be paid back into our account for our rent and for our meter. I believe this person is saying the landlord is owing our money and those money should be refunded. So Father, we pray for your protection for this participant re re requesting that money be paid back to her, the money she paid for her rent and for her meter be paid back to her. So Father, we ask, Lord, that you touch the hearts of the landlord right now that is owing this participant. We pray that those monies that is being owed her will be refunded and refunded on time in the name of Jesus. The money for rent or meter that she's paid, which was, she was not meant to pay, we pray that they be refunded in Jesus' mighty name. And the last one I've got here is for repayment by landlord for money paid for electricity used for communal boiler without our knowledge. That someone has been paying for a communal boiler without our knowledge, money she's not meant to pay. She's asking that those money be refunded to her. So Father, again, we pray that you touch the heart of this landlord, Lord, that every money owed to this participant that she's paid unlawfully or she's been made to pay wrongfully, Lord, we ask that they be refunded in the name of Jesus, that she will be refunded in due course. Every money held, every money hold, every money that she's not meant to pay, be refunded in Jesus' mighty name, that she will not be out of pocket. We pray, Lord, that this will be made on time in the name of Jesus. I don't know if Esther has got any prayer points you want to pray for about. Uh, yes, so um, uh, someone has sent in a prayer request um, asking for prayer for um, herself and her mum who are both managing the property and the stress is quite overwhelming. So we'll pray into that. And also someone has also asked for All right, that seems to be a Wi-Fi issue there. Yeah. So, um, Daniel, do you mind just carrying on, please? Uh, okay, uh, just a minute. All right, as I was saying, someone sent a prayer point to pray for her and her mother who manages the property. So just pray, Lord, that you have for wisdom for this, 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 this participants, Lord who've asked for prayers regarding managing their properties. We just pray, Lord, you guide them, you direct them, you tell them who to contact, who will be of help to them. 
regarding this property in the name of Jesus. We pray that you raise up help for them, Lord, that they will know what to do, that what will be beneficial or profitable for them, Lord, regarding this property. We just ask for your guidance and your wisdom for them, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you'll be with them, Lord, that their venture will be profitable unto them. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Okay, so um, we've come to the end of the prayers. Um, now, we, I'm just going to make some announcements. And um, we'll, pop, we'll still hear from Esther in a minute. So uh, as, as I mentioned at the beginning, we are uh, different lawyers. We're 10 KT and specialize in different areas of law. So over the next few months, we'll be hosting other webinars and so if there's a particular area of law that you'd like us to cover please send us an email and we will um, look into it but the next webinar that we will be hosting will be on the 20th of June on employment law matters and so if you have any questions in regards to how you've been affected and uh, being followed and, and so on and so forth please send us an email with a list of questions also, we would like to, of course, I mean, this is our first, our first time on a webinar. We've had um, a few other seminars in the past, but we're looking to improve always. So can you please send us your email address that we can send you our feedback questionnaire. We would really appreciate it if you could please complete the feedback and send it back to us. And as those email addresses we already have, we will send you a feedback questionnaire. Can you please complete and uh, return back to us? Um, thank you very much for that. Um, Esther is going to just share some more um, information on uh, those who responded to her message and how they can um, contact us. We would like to hear from you. And then finally, um, we have just one more uh, message from Solomon, Dr. Solomon, just before we close. And so Esther, Okay, um, so um, I'll just quickly pray for that lady who's facing problems with universal credit. So God, I pray you provide everything that she needs and that the money will come now in Jesus' name. May she experience a miracle of financial provision in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so, yeah, for everybody who um, you've been part of this uh, webinar, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your time. We would love to stay in contact with you if you're not part of KT. Um, we have lots of fellowship groups that you can be part of. Um, so we would just love for you to get in contact with us. So please do email us at lawyers at kt.org or you can text this number um, 07-570-261-697 um, and we can tell you more information about how to know the Lord and also how to be involved in fellowship groups. We call them cell groups. And these are groups where you can meet people, your family, your Christian family, um, male and female, and you can get to know the whole wider family. So please, please get in contact with us. We would love to support you during this time. As Esther mentioned, if you would like to know more, please send us an email. However, if you would prefer to speak to somebody, you can call our pastoral hotline on 0207 908 I'm going to come back to say thank you to everyone, but before I do that, I'm just going to um, invite Dr. Solomon to share something with us. Yes, thank you. Uh, thank you, Laura. Thank you to all the panelists, and thank you for all of you who have been uh, 
listening to a webinar on a Saturday morning, enjoying the glorious weather outside. So thank you for taking time. Just to reiterate it, if there are uh, things that you would like to suggest to us that we could do, not just in this um, in this lawyers forum, but generally as a church, we'd like you to um, just send your suggestions in, um, and and we'll be happy to to take them on board. Uh, we are also very concerned that we continue to support and help people through um, through this lockdown. Um, it's been a challenge, obviously, uh, during this time. But also, uh, as we've heard in the last week, that the government is looking to ease the lockdown um, next month. Uh, we know that it's going to take uh, some adjustment. So we're there for you as a church. Uh, um, and we'd like you to make contact with us. Um, and, and we want to support people um, as they as they as they as we end the lockdown and go back to what um, is um, the typical sort of a way of interacting with each other um, make contact with us and we're happy to help you uh, in, in any way that you want to so thank you again uh, from pastor Colin and Amanda and they send their regards and, and hope that you're all you're all well and that you stay well here. Uh, God bless you all thank you and um, again, thank you um, to everyone for coming, for uh, taking part in this webinar. And thank you very much to all our panelists. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, um, Belinda. Thank you, Dr. Solomon. Thank you, Esther. And of course, thank you, Lucilda, our main speaker today. As I mentioned at the beginning, we cover different areas of law. So uh, please, as Solomon mentioned, um, do send us an email. Let us know what area of law you'd like us to cover next. Um, we do, we, we've got the employment law on the 20th of June. And uh, so please spread it word, let others know, um, send us information, send us questions. If you need any um, more information about what we have covered today or any more um, links or guide, just send us an email and we will uh, guide you as necessary. So thank you very much, everybody. We have